Conversations on Economic Opportunity, produced by Ann Arbor Spark. Ann Arbor Spark is a public private academic partnership that's creating economic activity and prosperity in the Ann Arbor region. Innovative businesses and leaders are what make Ann Arbor a destination for startups and growing global businesses. By sharing their stories, they share what makes this region stand out for the exceptional schools, abundant parks, amazing community services that all contribute to our quality of life. Conversations on economic opportunity are a way to spotlight those who are helping this region thrive. Joining me today is Carrie Lehay, member attorney at Bodman and a member of the board of the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti Smart Zone, known locally as the Local Development Finance Authority or LDFA. Lots of technical terms there, so Carrie's going to explain them to us. Well, but thanks we'll for taking try. taking time out to come in. I know it's just across the hall, so that wasn't too far of a journey. No. So um, let's. I always like because you know we got we have some folks that are really interested in people who are active in the community. And I, before we talk about sort of the the smart zone and all that, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at Bodman. Sure. So I am a corporate lawyer at Bodman. I've been here since 2004. Moved here from Chicago and um, started in the Ann Arbor office. Was, it was a great segue for us from Chicago to Ann Arbor. There were great things going on at the time, and I feel like now, you know, this many years later, it's even better in part some of it to do to the LDFA type work and, and the involvement I've had in the uh, community. But I um, have worked with startup companies okay. in the area since 2004, before then in Chicago, and then worked with middle market companies to buy and sell them to each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. uh, we work a lot on the sell side, do a lot of sell side work, mm -hmm. and then also work as um, general counsel to companies that don't have in-house general counsel and just need that type of go-to service. Okay. So. so are you originally from the Chicago area or? No, I'm, I grew up in Southfield and okay. then moved to Chicago for law school, stayed there, met my husband, spent 10 years there. And then when we were having kids, we decided to come back to Michigan and we had focused on certain places and Ann Arbor was one of those. So. Well, you're, you're, well that's, I'm glad I asked you the question because that's one of the things that we talk about regularly, which is this notion that people um, in a, a child rearing age, I guess if you describe it that way, sometimes say, well, what's a, what's a great place to do that? And we come up on that list all the time. Oh, definitely. Actually, our two hotspots were Madison, Wisconsin, okay. and Ann Arbor, Michigan. Okay. So my husband went to school in Madison. Okay. I went to school in Ann Arbor. Okay. And then we just really were talking about it, and I got a call from a headhunter who was looking for a spot for a corporate person in Ann Arbor, and it just kind of went from there. But it's a great story, yeah. and it's something that we do here. We do here regularly, and interestingly enough, Madison was one of the communities that we benchmarked ourselves against in the recent benchmarking study that yes. we did. So yep, I saw that you were you were in in the two. So well, in addition to your work at Bodmin, you know, you've been been a very active uh, participant here locally in in terms of the community, and, and in particular, a really significant role in the entrepreneurial ecosystem that we've been trying to develop over the last decade or so uh, in your work with the LDFA board. You do some of that work in your private practice too, in working with startups. But so tell us, tell us about the, the Smart Zone 
Um, it's officially the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti Smart Zone, the LDFA in the acronym mm -hmm. specifically. What is it and what does it do? So the Smart Zone is one of a number of Smart Zones that have been established by the state through the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. And so they've picked various communities in Michigan that they have sent state dollars to to work on technology um, issues or companies. Some smart zones have built incubators. Mm -hmm. Some have done um, things similar to Ann Arbor, which has de devoted more of the time and money and energy to the companies themselves. We haven't built, you know, per se, from the, the ground up an incubator. Um, we actually obviously have the space that Spark has worked with. But the smart zone then has a board Call, and the Local Development Finance Authority is the board of the Smart Zone. We have members from both communities in the Smart Zone, from Ipsy and Ann Arbor. It's an all-volunteer board. We are appointed by our respective city councils. So the Ann Arbor members are appointed by the Ann Arbor City Council. The Ypsilanti members are appointed by the Ypsilanti City Council. We strive to have a good uh, diverse background. So we have a CFO, for example, on the board. We have me, a lawyer, on the board. We have, and, and in varying times, we've had different people, but we've always tried to have some entrepreneurs, some folks that are well-versed in what the smart zones are doing. So for example, we have somebody that used to work at the MEDC. We have someone that has been around in the community and was helpful in starting mm -hmm. the original smart zones. So we've tried to focus on bringing people in that can serve a, a, a unique role. But our smart zone then, uh, our LDFA works to oversee the funds that we get from the state. So the state you know, reimburses the smart zone for the work that's done. We work with the city of Ann Arbor. They help us do administrative tasks and um, Tom Crawford at the city works with us endlessly and tirelessly to help manage how, you know, how we're doing. And the city works as the backbone, if you will, because the LDFA doesn't have an office. Right. We don't have officers that are carrying out our tasks. We meet to go over um, you know, board matters periodically, but we don't have a, you know, it's not a day-to-day -day job. These are all volunteer positions. So then because of that, we contract with Spark to work and do the work that the state has devoted the dollars to. So, so it, it is, a, as you're describing it, the LDFA board is a volunteer uh, position. Everybody that's on it um, has, signed up to do this in their spare time. Yes, and sometimes that works out better than others. We've had people that have resigned because mm -hmm. they haven't had the time to sure. really devote to the effort. And, and sometimes it, there's more asks of folks than others. We've been going through this extension process mm -hmm. and there's been a lot of extra meetings, extra meetings. and uh, time devoted to writing a plan that has to go through the state approval process and mm -hmm. rewriting it when we've gotten feedback. But again, we've, we work with our contractor, Spark, and we work with um, the city mm -hmm. to do a lot of the laboring ore, but some of the members have had of the LDFA have had to step up and, and spend a fair amount of time to get well, this I guess, stuff Well, I guess done. the question that's always interesting to me is, 
you're doing this, you're, you've chosen to do this. It's not, you know, nobody gave you this as a work assignment. What, what no, compelled you to want to, to wanna be active in this way? So I think, well, what I was told is that they've always had a lawyer on the board. I don't know if that's true. I haven't tracked that through mm. to back to the when they started. But I know before I was on the board, there was another local corporate um, lawyer on the board just to help the board in terms of reading statutory provisions or working through contract issues with the city or otherwise. And so when the lawyer before me was stepping down, one of my clients was actually on the board at the time and he asked if I would take that role and mm -hmm. so I said sure I really mm -hmm. didn't know what I was getting myself signed up for but it you know it was, it was interesting to me and I had been on other boards in the city of Ann Arbor mm -hmm. with other community organizations so I liked doing that mm -hmm. and this was just a different type of community mm -hmm. organization to get involved with I talked to various people that were involved at the time uh, Christopher Taylor wasn't the mayor yet but mm -hmm. he was on the LDFA because there's a council be member. There's a council member. On, right? You know, getting to know people like that was just mm -hmm. kind of also interesting, given that I live in Ann Arbor. Um, and so, actually, that's something to note. Also, the folks on the board from Ann Arbor live in Ann Arbor. The folks on the board from Ypsilanti live, in, live in Ypsilanti. So sometimes there, you know, can be difficulties trying to find someone that's willing to do this that has the right, right. geographic location. Because we have had people from time to time say, hey, what about you know so-and-so? But maybe they work in Ann Arbor, but they live in Plymouth right. or something, right? right? And so right. Um, there's a residency Yeah, piece well, I also it. think that, you know, you mentioned the, that perhaps your legal background was important. I think the, also the notion that you have worked with startups is also important because at the oh, end of the yeah, day... it's helped me yeah. understand what's going right. on. I don't know that I have any special expertise, right? right? But it, it helps me understand the scope of what's being asked right. of the smart right. zone by the state. And it helps in navigating what we can and can't do with certain funds. You know, sometimes we're asked like, well, why can't you guys fix all the roads in Ann Arbor? You know, we, we, when you read the statutory provision right. for what smart zones can and can't do, you can see that that's not yeah, a possibility. Yeah, the, because the, the intent of the smart zone program across the state was at a particular point in time and continued, the state was interested in diversifying its economy and and bringing new technology-based businesses right. into existence. And so everything that, that um, the LDFA does, everything Spark does as the contractor is focused on technology businesses. You could do infrastructure but it's got to be supporting those technology businesses. Right. It can't be just used and, for a general And like purpose. we said, there are some smart zones that have done that. Um, so some smart zones have done more infrastructure type programs. But I would say the state has focused on the good work that has come out of the Ann Arbor IPSI program. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something that yeah. speaks for itself. Yeah. So in, in those instances, a lot of times it was like, well, we want to build, we're building a park, you know, a, 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 a industrial park kind of setting. So we need to put in roads for that as opposed to, well, we're just trying right. to put a road through a residential neighborhood. Exactly. So so, so that, that may get us to where the, the next question was kind of framed, which is, um, what do you think is the biggest misperception regarding the LDFA that you've encountered? A lot of people have not understood that there is an LDFA. You, you, Spark does a great job being out in the community and 
the, you know, the Spark people that are out there. You guys have an office and you have folks and feet on the ground. The, the LDFA, I may wear my LDFA hat at LDFA meetings, but you know, my business card is Bodman and right. that's the same for everybody at the LDFA. We don't, we don't have an office, we're not out there issuing press releases about the LDFA. And so I think there's been some misperception that Spark is the smart zone, right? But the LDFA is there as an oversight, mm -hmm. and the LDFA has to report to the MEDC right. on what is, you know, what's being done with the funds. And the people on the on the LDFA board take it very seriously. I think that there would be some surprise as to the amount of time the LDFA members have devoted to strategic planning sessions. Uh, two-day-long retreats to focus on extension, you know, issues mm -hmm. and how we should use the funds, what are the best use of the funds. We've had consultants come in and talk to us, and we're going to make sure that we're looking at the right things and we're asking the right questions because, again, this is not our full-time job, sure. right? We don't all come to that seat with all of the expertise, mm -hmm. and so it's helpful for the board to hear from outside experts. But I think the, that's probably the biggest misperception is that re really there is no LDFA. But there is, There's an, and there are meetings, there are you know, minutes of the meetings. We, we uh, are careful about making sure that's all done the right way. And again, we work with the city to make sure we're doing that correctly. Well, in actuality too, the, uh, the amount of funds that the LDFA does receive through this mechanism uh, where the treasurer is actually sending a check to Ann Arbor um, is um, a part of the city's budget process and I know that you right. and other leaders with the LDFA actually appear in front of city council so it's actually it not only has the oversight of the LDFA board but you're you're being overseen by the city council as well. Uh, yes, our budget is part of the right. budget that gets approved right. at the city. That's yes. right. Well, we talked a little bit about that already in, in the answer that you just gave me about how the relationship works. Maybe uh, maybe uh, go into a little more detail. How does the, the relationship between the LDFA and SPARC work? So there's actually a couple different levels. The state has a contract with the smart zone, with the LDFA. So we have that. The two cities, Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti, have contracts in place on how they work together. And then the LDFA contracts with Spark to provide the services to the community. And that's also a contract that we have to report on to the state to make sure we're meeting the metrics that the state's looking for. And so we go through a multi-level process to make sure that's all taken care of. But it's a series of contracts, if you will, mm -hmm. between the state, the LDFA, the cities, and then ultimately our contractor, Spark. And then there's also uh, bylaws that we have in place at the LDFA that talk about who the members on the board can be and um, the, the different roles and committees that we might have. So there's, uh, there's a, a process. It takes a while to kind of get into it and figure out all the different levels right. of contracts. Even, even with my legal background, when I first came in and was trying to navigate how it all worked, it took 
quite some time to sit down and dive in and read all these contracts to figure out the lay of the land. It's it's not an easy uh, process to, to figure out. And all of the LDFA members that have come in have had to go through this mm -hmm. long education process. So we've actually tried to dial it back into kind of a onboarding for new members because it, it's a little overwhelming to sort out the different contractual you know, roles and right. who, what is what, who is who. But I think, too, the other thing that to share with the audience is the way this works is, is that at a particular time in the year, um, Tom Crawford, who we mentioned earlier, who's the city's uh, finance director, um, estimates, you know, what, what the resources are going to be. Um, and uh, the LDFA board actually works on a budget Yes. how to allocate those dollars, um, which is, is, a, is a programmatic budget. It's not just, oh, we, we just decide to put some money here. You're actually engaged in thinking about um, the ecosystem, what kind of programs are going to be important, what kind, of, what kind of staffing is important. And that's changed, or staffing and programs, it, it has changed over the, the initial 15 years. We're oh, in the, definitely. We're in the 15th year. I was like struck this year that from the, the gives an example of the the involvement that the individual members have was that um, a proposal came forward from the board itself that said we really think that there should be a, a staffing component around all these new mobility emerging mobility uh, types of companies and businesses and that was something that the LDFA board members themselves said we wanted to see yeah, I think happen that came out of one of the strategic planning mm -hmm. sessions that mm -hmm. the board had. Um, probably later last year. Yeah, so it's reflective of sort of the engagement the board has in thinking about what's going on in the community and 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 how the LDFA as an entity reacts to the changes that are happening. Well, and also in the com the community itself, I think has evolved right mm -hmm. over time. And so maybe in the early stages of the smart zone, there was more money devoted towards certain things, mm -hmm. such as maybe networking events, mm -hmm. whereas now some of the right. you know, community leaders, if you will, and companies that have located here because of some of the work, they're doing more networking events. Right. And so Spark itself and the LDFA haven't had to force those types That's of, right. and, and pay the costs of right. those. And so I think that was something that the LDFA was focused on is, you know, where can we take some costs out and devote it more towards the companies themselves or bringing the companies in um, so we can create the jobs for the area. And, and the other piece was, can we get some of those same, same attraction work that has been going on in Ann Arbor, can we focus a little bit on Ypsilanti mm -hmm. as well, which you know, right. you know, has um, some of the work that you guys have done in Ypsilanti on your own, but then also through yeah. the LDFA, you know, companies are starting to right. locate there as well. Well, and I think that's one important thing too. We, I asked you the question, sort of what's the biggest misperception? I think one of the, for the LDFA, I think one of the things that through this through this series and through lots of things that we do, we, we also try to really explain to the vast uh, community here that Spark is actually uh, much more than the entrepreneurial program. We've got economic development responsibilities for two counties, for 
mature company organization for marketing the region and all of those kinds of things. So a lot of times, the, as you you know, how how do people or how do people who are um, uh, not familiar with the, all of that perceive what work we're doing? So as you said, we're we're actively doing. Uh, business attraction, retention, and expansion work in Ypsilanti that isn't related to technology companies per se. It's on uh, trying to locate all kinds of businesses there, and that was, you know, one of the reasons why we were we were so aggressive, separate and apart from the LDFA, with the the whole American Center for Mobility project, which is something that's internal and separate mm -hmm. to that. But um, we can. One of the responses I think that the LDFA board was making was, hey, you're developing sort of a national world level facility about connected and autonomous vehicles, maybe we should figure out how our startup efforts can dovetail into the, the mobility space. Right. right, and leverage things that are going on just That's in the U. university yeah. or right. in the community. That's right. right. We have some obvious assets in the area mm -hmm. uh, on, on the topic, and so why not get the best use out of the dollars that the smart zone gets by leveraging some of that. So. Well, we talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, the LDFA uh, was recently awarded a 15-year extension from the state. And I think all of us who were involved with the LDFA and the smart zone have a little bit of pride in that because we were one of only three smart zones to be able to accomplish that level of extension. There were, I think it's less count, there are 16 across the state uh, that were identified, I think that's right, um, over time, and three of them were just given this ability. Tell us about that. How, do, how does this extension impact the work that we're going to do together uh, in terms of SPARC and the LDFA? It was a long road to get, so yes, I completely agree that there's some pride in getting it. Mm -hmm. Took a lot of uh, time and effort on a lot of people's part, so that was great to get. I think in terms of the 15-year extension, the thing that I think that LDFA is most excited about is the chance to be able to continue some of the great mm -hmm. work that's been done. You know, I was not part of the founding um, members of the LDFA, but I think the statistics that they put in place to meet were met, which is just, I think, amazing. Mm -hmm. The number, and by statistics, there were some numbers of jobs that mm -hmm. would be created, and the LDFA hit those targets almost spot on, which is hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, we can repeat. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the chance to continue on doing some of that work to allow the cities of Ann Arbor and Ypsilanti to continue to benefit from the state funds is amazing. I, I think it's great that we were one of the communities that was chosen by the state. I think mm -hmm. that to, to get those dollars to be able to devote towards technology companies is a good thing for our communities just overall. Mm -hmm. I think given the resources we have here that we can leverage off of, it allows us to do good work and I think the uh, LDFA looks forward to continuing that. Yeah, I think it's it, one of the things that when I mentioned, you know, the, the, it's something to feel proud about is it's sort of an acknowledgement that when we got the original designation, and I wasn't here either, but when the, the, over the years the people that have been working on the LDFA working at Spark 
have all worked collectively to realize sort of what the state had in mind mm -hmm. when it put this program together. And, and the fact that they, uh, those results led them to accept an application from us for an extension is really important. And I think what's interesting about it is, is that um, the work that the LDFA does is, is very, very important to the economic future of the community. Um, the economy is changing. It's changing everywhere, but it, and it always does. But here, over the period that we, we've been in existence uh, collectively, um, there's been a dramatic change in the types of companies that are in the Ann Arbor region and who is employing people here. And the LDFA's had a lot to do to support that. Um, before the recession, if you just looked at private sector employment, 65% of it was in manufacturing, 35% mm -hmm. um, was professional technical. Uh, now that we've recovered all the jobs we've lost from the recession, but those, those have reversed. We're 65% professional technical and 35% manufacturing. And so I have, you know, my take, because I've not been here through that entire period either, is, is that the various uh, elements that people got involved with, with, including the smart zone, have had a lot to do with this region being able to weather the recession and to have this oh, level definitely. of prosperity that, that, that we've been able to have. So really, you know, not a lot of times in case of, of somebody volunteering for something as, as uh, maybe to other people as mundane as the LDFA, but you know, I'll do it. Uh, thanks, Carrie, yeah, for, no, it's been, it's for been being good. involved in it. And really, uh, the leadership you've shown has been really important um, to yeah. the success. I, I think. think that it'll be exciting to see what comes out of the next 15 years. I think the LDFA board is super excited about looking at the possibilities. You know, they've we've had a lot of talks about okay, can we do this? Well, let's wait and see if we get the extension. And right. so now that we know we have it, right. I feel like we can you know, put boots on the ground right. and really work through some of the exciting things that we've been looking at maybe being able to do, mm -hmm. and now we're gonna have the chance to do it. Well, so that, that's, that's gonna be nice to finally not worry about, like, are we gonna get it to now being yeah. able to focus yeah. on what, what can we do with this? Yeah. And, and, and the, the fact of the matter is it, it, it's a, it was a legislation that was put forward to grant the extension. It had some complications in it. Um, there was a variety of things that happened in terms of different people being responsible for it at the state level. So one of the things I do commend the LDFA on is the, the staying the course and the consistency uh, in responding to it. So yeah, again, well, and, good, Tom, and Tom was a big part of that. Yeah, too. <laughs> no, no doubt about it. And, and at some point, we need to. To, to have Tom on and talk with him about uh, you know what he's doing at the city. So thank you again. Yeah, no, thanks uh, for having me. And thanks for coming in today. And uh, we look forward to great things uh, from the LDFA and Sparks Partnership in the future. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Conversations on Economic Opportunity. We hope you'll like and share the content you heard today. For additional podcasts and information about Spark, visit annarborusa.org.